And so uh, you have a new album coming out yes, or, uh, uh, for Christmas, right? Yeah, I put out oh, so, Christmas. Oh, like, so are you going to sing like traditional Christmas? Oh, no. Oh, no? Santa Claus. I got songs like Santa Claus Go Straight to the Ghetto. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert! This show show explores television content that's been available for consumption for quite some time. If a spoiler or two slips into the conversation, well, you were warned. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Digest right now. Say that again. I'm like 100 pages, 120 pages in Infidigest right now. That's, um, that's a lot. Yeah, I've been doing 20 pages a day for six days. Today's the seventh day. And I tried to read it before coming over do and I you, started to fall asleep. Do you find that to be plenty for a day? Yeah. Oh, my God. It takes me like an hour and 20 minutes, basically, to get through 20 pages. Because like a traditional novel has between 250 and 350 words a page. Infinite yeah. Jest must have 700 words a page. Yeah. Like they're more than double. That's and, Can you tell Jen this? <laughs> sure. Because she's calling me out constantly. Like, really? Yeah. She's. I'm like... Okay, I'm going to read 20 pages, and she'll keep coming over and saying, are you done yet? Are you done yet? And I'm like, no, I'm so fucking reading. I'm trying <laughs> to get through this. The other thing is it's it's thoughtful, right? So, like, it might take you a second to let a, a R- sentence soak in. Right, and I'll stop, and I'll, re- and I'll go through the footnotes if there's, like, a number next to one of the words. So the story is well on its way. Yeah. More than yeah, a tenth it's, in. It's starting to really take shape. Okay. Because it it took like sixty pages for me to get a firm hold of exactly what was going on. Is it is it kind of like I I've always found like when I go to see a Shakespeare play, mm-hmm. and the same can be said for. I can it, relate already. Uh, of course. <laughs> this the same can be said for like for Hamilton, for example. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're listening to this or you're you're listening to the dialogue go back and forth, it almost takes you twenty minutes to catch up to their rhythm. Do you find yeah. that? Like, like for the first 20 minutes of any Shakespeare play, it's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Right. And I don't know who's saying what. Exactly. But then after 20 minutes, you're like, I know who everybody is and I know right. the mood. Is it kind of like that? Yeah, I I, I would um, I would say it's probably akin to Game of Thrones or something where you're, for the first three episodes, like, who are these people? What's going on? And right. then you, you get it and by the end, you know exactly where everything's going well and speaking of game of thrones and thousand page books for that matter i mm-hmm. tried to read the first book and i just yeah i mean the prose was nice it was better than i expected it to be but i yeah i don't understand how people got through those books before there was a tv show to attach faces to i know but but again i think if you just keep reading eventually you're like by the end of it you get it yeah i'm sure that's true you know, I, I don't it all comes together. Span. Yeah, well, I mean, I assume it held the writer's attention for some right. time. He is apparently now promising he's going to finish this book, The Winds of Winter. Oh. Because fans were getting kind of nervous that he might die before he finished writing the series. Right. Um, he's like, I'm on it. I'm on it. He was spending an awful lot of time working on the show. Yeah. And he's well past his initial uh, due date with right. the publisher. But I guess they're probably pretty lenient on a guy who makes him so much money. Yeah. Um, so he said... The only two things that I'm committing myself to this winter are drinking tequila and finishing my book. Oh, nice. In that order. <laughs> Good for you. Winter's coming. Yeah. Get the tequila. And is it the last book in the series? I think it is. I, I'm not even sure. I have no idea what the what the book series is like at all. I've never read into it. It just seems to me that the whole the whole premise of the show is winter is coming. Yeah. And if winter comes, that's a good way to finish it. Right. Maybe spring comes after that. That's going to be the last <laughs> sentence of the book is spring it, is coming now. 
and then they took off their jackets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone said it's warm out. <laughs> it uh, must be spring. And, um, go ahead. Westworld wrapped up. I know. Are you satisfied with how it ended? Yeah, it was okay. fucking crazy. And there was a bunch of fan theories out, and one of the fan theories was actually right. I I think that sucks. That's yeah. a, that's a bummer. And you think so? Yes. Ross and I have been talking an awful lot about Star Wars fan theories. Like, okay. it's a big passion of his. Yeah. Like every night he, f- because there's a countless number of fan theory videos on YouTube. Every night he finds a new one. Really. And then he tries to work it into his his internal map of how this could or couldn't work and why and why not. Like who like Ray is related to? Yeah. Or? Like uh, the most compelling one about Ray is that she's not a Skywalker or a Solo. She's a Palpatine. Oh, and that's actually pretty fascinating that she's yeah. got this innate sensibility. Also, that Kylo Ren in the First Order knew who she was, right? And they want her, right? Um, that's uh, there's there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I don't mm-hmm. know as well as he does because he's got this whole chronicle in his head, and Ross has got an incredible mind in general. Um, but it's occurred to me that all this fan theory stuff is a new world thing, and eventually. If your thing is big enough mm-hmm. and it has a big enough fan base and enough people speculating, one of them is going to be right. Invariably, someone's going to get it right. Sure, but and I it mean, killed How I Met Your Mother. Right. Because if we didn't see that coming, it would have hit me like a ton of bricks. I would have been emotional and I would have I would have seen the poetry in that. But because I had to read it on Reddit first, mm-hmm. I had all this time to develop a resentment for that concept. Right. And it it completely missed. Well, this particular fan theory was pretty solid though like well it wasn't solid in the sense that you that it was kind of an obvious thing has it got to do with the man in black the it does and and who he is yes okay yep but but yeah it kind of had a a shifting timeline factor to it Mm -hmm. which wasn't obvious at all so i brought that up to a couple people actually i need to rub it in bobby Mac's face because he said (laughs) oh that's stupid that's not right right but it actually ended up being right. Sometimes when I'm playing D&D and I've created like a story and maybe mm-hmm. I've created like a little twist for the story. Yep. And I, I just sit there while the other three in character uh, kind of uh, try and figure out a plan for what's coming next. Or like they're not really sure what to do or they're trying to solve the puzzle. Right. And somebody will say, well, what if it's this? And in my brain, I'm going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're and then, getting closer. And then Duncan will go, well, no, that's stupid. And I'm, uh. and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was like really excited for this big reveal. And then I have to find a new... A new way to get there? Yeah. Like, will you still get there? I mean, sometimes I believe enough in the twist okay. that I won't do that. Um, but yeah, that's that's usually disappointing to learn that yeah. I'm not as good of a storyteller as I hoped I was. Sure. And that's a thing that must exist in television writing too. And, and yeah, it, and I think it definitely. It happens even with the best shows because sometimes they, they miss the mark and fans are disappointed. I would love to hear a podcast with more TV writers. That would be pretty interesting. Yeah. I think we could get any on the show. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I mean, that. maybe we could get like... You know what? I think if we got like a retired TV writer or like not, you know, don't go for the the cream of the crop of today necessarily. Right. But go for someone who was an assistant writer on Frasier or staff something. writer. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, who's just kind of chilling. Oh, look, we I'm, just find an email and... I'm sure you could, like, off. find a manager and just send an email and be like... Wouldn't that be people? cool? That'd be really cool. It'd be so interesting. Let's try that for, like, the next episode. Do it over it the phone? Yeah. Can we... Know. Do we have a way of connecting the mics? Not in here. No? But we oh, have, we could do it at the station. We have other resources we might be able to get away with. <laughs> As I completely gave it away there. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> 
um, okay, that could be interesting. All right, they got all a guy right. in Survivor right. right now who is uh, like a, a pretty, a pretty well worked TV writer. Like really? he's a staff writer. Like he's he worked on Family Guy for five years. No way. Yeah, he's a, a very annoying character on Survivor. But yeah, I'm not I, enjoying this rum and water. No, no. I'm sorry. I I had made. I, I poured Slaney and I rum and eggnogs, but in the five days since I bought that carton of eggnog, which isn't due to expire until January 3rd or something, right? it's gone lumpy. The not gone lumpy. Are be... you supposed to shake it before? Like, I've never maybe had it. I don't... It doesn't I don't... really stink or taste sour. It's just kind of lumpy. Mm-hmm. The kind that I buy, I don't know. I buy that kind of like crimson colored one. Okay. With the... It's a milk carton, but it's got like a little screw top lid on it. Sure. Like some orange juice. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I forget the brand, but it's good. Light. Okay. Or I, I should say I've never bought eggnog before. That's the kind my parents buy. Yeah. And it's good. It could be I a like blessing. It. it could be a blessing in disguise because you're really not supposed to consume a bunch of dairy before you talk. Like really? We, yeah. Does like, it make your voice? Does it make like the... Yes. Like oh, when I okay. when I was doing morning radio, I stopped eating yogurt for almost two years. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because like... And I noticed it at first, I would come in at four o'clock in the morning, eat yeah. an English muffin with peanut butter and yogurt. And the yogurt makes you very phlegmy. Wow. Yeah. Well, that sucks. So now I eat yogurt again. Because and you eggnog. have it in the morning? Yeah. It's, it's hours before I go in the gotcha. air. Okay. So, so if, you, if you space it out enough, then you're yeah. set. So if it hadn't happened already, Christmas has really hit me now. Right. Because the radio station started playing 24-hour Christmas music today. Right. I have never played so many songs in a single show in my entire career. Really? Oh, my God. Because they're, oh, they're all pretty short. There's yeah, I so, guess. There's so many Christmas songs that are barely two minutes. You know what? I asked Jen, what do you think of the Christmas music? She said, oh, my God, it's amazing. Oh, great. I love it. Like, And she's like, and it's like good Christmas music, too. Like, you got the Beach Boys in there. Yeah. You got like... And she just started rhyming off people. I totally agree. I think it's the kind of thing that if you're going to have a sour attitude about it, mm-hmm. it it's going to annoy you because right. it's Christmas music. It's sure. It's it's uh, twinkly, you know. Yeah, yeah. Totally. It's sparkly. But if you're going to lean into it, there's no reason you can't enjoy Burl Ives and Bing Crosby. Sure. And like I played, I played Hallelujah today. Like really? it's not it's not a Christmas song necessarily, but like you can see how it fits in. Sure. And it worked. And like, yeah, I agree with Jen. I think there are some really, really nice gems in she the playlist. Would, she would be pumped no matter what. Like the time the last station was playing twenty four hour Christmas music, that yeah. was her channel for a month. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a little polarizing, but I can see the benefit in it and it's nice to get a little break from the, the totally. old routine. Yeah. So there's that and I And then maybe by the time we, we like relaunch mm-hmm. there'll be a whole book full of new songs that we can i'm hoping yeah it'll be a little fresher jam out to. i mean yeah. it's easy for a radio announcer to get a little tired of the songs yeah that they definitely. hear way more often than the average listener that's just kind of part of the beast when i went back to my radio school to give a talk to the class a couple years ago mm-hmm. and i had only been out of school a couple years myself so i right. didn't have like a, a this big wealth of wisdom and when i first got a really sweet job in radio the teacher wrote me and he was like, why don't you come talk to the class? And I was like, I graduated like four days short of a year ago. Right. You really want to tell them that this is what's going to happen to them? <laughs> yeah. Because let's let's call a spade a spade. I got super lucky and He's it's not going to happen for most people. Trying to get enrollment up? I think maybe, although the enrollment's never really been a problem for that program. Right. But I did go back about a year after that, mm-hmm. still not with a lot of wisdom, but it was just supposed to be like a Q&A. Uh, and... One thing I asked of the class, who among you is is interested in going into the field of radio for on air? You know, so many people put up their hands. And who among 
those of you with your hands up are doing it because you really love music. And most of them leave their hands up. And I'm like, this, you're going to have to change your reason right. for wanting to be in radio. <laughs> oh, that's, that's really interesting. Uh, it's interesting that people would go into radio because they like music. Yeah, that's that was. I definitely remember that being a thing when we had to interview for that program. Right. Like, and why do you think that radio is the field that you'd, you'd work well in? Well, I'm very passionate about music. And like, okay, that's fine, but it's going to crush a certain part of you yeah. that likes music. Totally. Um, and it, I almost, I almost think it's best to work on a station where I feel just whatever about the music. There are a lot of songs I think are great. Some I'm not so crazy about. Right. And every now and then Dave Matthews crash into me comes on and it just makes my day. Yeah. But for the most part, if, if the station I'm working at plays my favorite songs of all time, if I worked at a station where they asked me to play every song that is my favorite song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For whatever reason, that was a, an effective format. Right. <laughs> um, it would it would kill those you'd songs. Get, you'd get tired of those of, of your own station. Don't you ever have that where you know, like you discover a new song you really love and you don't want to overload yourself with mm-hmm. it? I, yeah. I've already heard that song twice today. I should give it a break for two days yeah. so I don't hate it by the end of the week. Yeah, although I kind of over the last couple of years went the opposite way and I listened to it constantly. Hmm. Like cool. I, I switched it around. I just said, whatever, I'm going to get tired of this song anyway. I might as well really enjoy it <laughs> while it's still hot. Just like an alcoholic. Exactly. <laughs> Give me another fix. That's There's right. a song by, you know, Sleigh Bells? Yes. There's this new song. She has a, like a new EP called Jessica Rabbit or oh. the, the band does. That's cool. And one of the songs is like an, like kind of reminds me of like a nineties, like club banger, it, but it's, I have it stuck in my head all the time. But it's, it's like really electronic good. pop. Um, yeah, a little bit, but, but with kind of an indie twinge to it, like it's really hard to describe. You'd have to just listen to it. And I'm not very good at articulating the way songs are anyway. Oh, I hate, I hate when somebody, when somebody's like, what does it sound like? It sounds like its own song. What are you talking about? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of, for the most part, it's kind of funny because they're, they almost sound like, um, like kind of heavy like alternative like right type guitars okay with her singing over and like super loud drums but this particular song is a little bit more like i don't know kind of like retro poppy cool like yeah sleigh bells sleigh bells check it out i'll try and do that except i thought the song i thought the album was by an artist called jessica rabbit for a while Cool so band name. I, so I was avoiding it, and then I realized, oh, this Jessica Rabbit band is actually Sleigh Bells, and I've already listened to the whole last Sleigh Bells album. Yeah, you like, like Sleigh Bells already. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen them? Uh, no, I didn't actually. Okay. Yeah, they'd be cool to see that. Are you a Christmas music fan in general, just to bring it back? Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, oh, yeah, my mom really killed Celine's album. Yep. Buble's album. Oh, yeah. Um, Kenny Rogers' album. Okay. Rita McNeil's album. Right. <laughs> and uh, there's got to be a couple others in there, but Boney M's album. She I played Boney M this afternoon. Did you? Yeah. Um, was it, uh, uh, what child is this, I think? Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Is that like... 
That doesn't really sound like what child is this, no, but maybe, maybe I can't really what remember. child is this is like the most mellow. What oh, oh okay, never mind. So it definitely wasn't. <laughs> but that maybe song. it was like a funky version. What child is this? Yeah, probably. Maybe not. that sounds great. So it's been two weeks since we've done this podcast. I know. I always feel like it, when we take one week off, it feels like we haven't done it in a month. Yeah, um, a lot of stuff happens in two weeks. I know. Donald Trump is the president. Oh no! <laughs> I'm just joking. How did I miss this? <laughs> did you see he was on with? Uh, well, he was on a phone interview with Matt Lauer this morning on the Today Show. Right. And uh, I guess they were interviewing him because he was named Time Magazine's Person yes, of the Year. Yes, he was. He was. I guess that's why. I mean, I, I saw a Funny or Die thing today that said, but Hillary still won with people. Oh, I said the same joke. <laughs> oh, I, did you? I, I, said, I said on the air today, I said, um, it, it, the Time Magazine Person of the Year doesn't have to be your favorite person. In any way, people don't get chosen for stuff based on popular vote. So it's kind of the right. same thing. Yeah. That's more, that's a wordier version of the same Sure. Um, but people being also a magazine, right? Yeah, that's true. That was, I think, the joke. Like, oh. I Donald didn't... Trump was number one with time, but Hillary still won with people. Well, to anybody complaining that they would pick him, like, if, if they didn't pick him for that, it would be because they actively didn't pick him for that. Sure. Because he's... I'm pretty course. sure Hitler was Times Person of the Year one year. <laughs> I, 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 I actually think he was. He might have been. And and again, for the same reason, Donald Trump was, of course, the most talked about person on planet Earth. Totally. Of all 7 billion of us, mm-hmm. if you ranked our most talked about people, yep. he's number one without question. Yeah. Um, so he deserves that spot. Mm-hmm. He and earned it. He, uh, yeah. With all the stupid shit he said. I guess. Anyway, so he was talking to Matt Lauer and... He was challenging him a little bit on how he had promised, Trump had promised, um, in his preparation for the presidency, he would be more level-headed on Twitter, and he'd be more cool <laughs> on Twitter, and how that's completely not turned out to be the case at all. Right. Um, and Matt said, so, you know, you've, you've picked fights with Boeing and with Hamilton and with, with Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Live. Live, and Donald singled out Saturday Night Live, and he made the point of saying, I like Alec. But right. then, then he said, but the impression is just so mean-spirited and it's not very good. And I liked Saturday Night Live and I went on it when it was a good show, but it's not a good show anymore. <laughs> it, was like, it was like nine months ago. Yeah, not even a full year ago. <laughs> so, I mean, it, and if anything, it's a much better show than it was last season. Totally. So he's just, he's so, he's so thin-skinned, but he believes these things he's saying. Yeah. So it's very upsetting. What do you think about kind of the bit characters in Saturday Night Live right now? Because I think they're kind of killing it. Like my, uh, Melissa Villasenor. Yeah, she's all right. I, I kind of really don't like her regular speaking voice. It's got it's so, it's yeah, so she deep. Sounds like, she sounds like Ray like, Romano. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she does. But apparently she's an amazing singer. Well, she's an amazing impressionist, and, right. and she does this really awesome Christina Aguilera. Oh, does she? And so you, I guess you'd have and to Sarah have Silverman, some, she did, which was really good. Sarah Silverman's crazy she does a really good kathy griffin yeah okay I can see um that. a couple of the people who are kind of like the token people to do like i right. think i think kathy griffin is like a christopher walken if you're a female um impressionist she also does a really good owen wilson oh really <laughs> yeah i think the best thing is that she's getting on a bunch of skits whether they're big or small like yeah even if she's just if if i was on that show my first goal well maybe not my first goal but like one of the goals would just be to get as much screen time as possible. Well, and they're like using her all the time. That Mikey Day. And, yeah, that and, that was the other. And guy the other. What's about. the other guy's name? 
He yeah. Has a, he has a face. The other guy has one of those faces <laughs> right. that I'm like, where have I seen you? Or where have I seen a guy who has the same face as you? Yeah. Or something. Anyway, those two guys have had a lot of screen time. Right. They've and they're, done great. they're both really good, too. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's been a quiet year so far for Bobby. Right. Um, but he seems to partner up with Mikey Day a bunch, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, I think I think SNL's been really good. Did you did you like it this past weekend? I did. I thought it was funny. I thought the whole I didn't see any skits after the uh uh cleaning staff singing for the uh for the boardroom thing where they were kind of like all oh, like yeah, Russian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> that was funny. That was I think they were the just singing about sex all the time. Yeah, like yeah. Santa, what did I tell you about <laughs> coming down my chimney? It's it weird. only goes one way. It's weird to see Leslie in those characters. Like, I know. Like she's so funny as herself. Yeah. Like it, it, she's kind of like Pete Davidson in that way. Is you just really just see this one person, right? And that person exactly, great. exactly like Pete Davidson. I loved the sketch with Pete Davidson where his posters were talking to him. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I thought the set was so fabulous. It was so intricately built. Yeah, and... the hot dog thing was really. Funny. Yeah, <laughs> she was really funny. She's she's, she's really very funny. funny. She told a story on Fallon last week about how when she was like a teenager, she tried out for all that. No way. She didn't get the job. But like it was very much like Saturday Night Live. Like you had to go to the audition with a few characters and a few impressions. And, Whoa. Um but yeah, she's very funny. I'm excited to see La La Land. Uh, oh yeah, that would that uh I saw a trailer for it. It looks kinda cool. It's it's the that's the Damien Chazelle movie. Have you have you seen Moonlight yet? No, what's Moonlight? It's this new like indie like they're they're throwing basically it's gonna be one of the Oscar favorites, I okay. think. Okay. That and Manchester by the Sea right. and La La Land, I think, are going to be La three La Land. And apparently, also this, uh, oh geez, um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Shannon. What's it called? Nocturnal Animals. That's the oh. other one that they're that they're All bringing right. it up. A that little sounds bit cool. Yeah, the, the cast is good. I don't really know much about it. Michael Shannon's insane. He's so weird and crazy. My sister's ex-boyfriend was I telling you the story about him meeting Michael Shannon in a bar? No, but that could go one of two ways. Exactly, and he was super nervous about it because he's a huge Michael Shannon fan. Yeah. But, he's Boardwalk Empire? Yeah. Yeah. And he went up to him and started, like, talking to him, and he ended up, like, kind of warming up in his Michael Shannon way. Okay. And, like, like I guess Glenn said, man, I was a huge fan of you in Groundhog Day because he had, like, a small bit he part did, in yeah. Groundhog Day. And Michael Shannon just kind of like leaned in and Glenn said, he sort of scream yelled WrestleMania. <laughs> Cause in that scene, he get, Bill Murray gets the, the, that couple tickets to WrestleMania yeah. for their wedding and yeah. they just freak out. So uh, he was, he was cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. He like had the best experience with him, I guess. That's so nice. Yeah. I don't, and, I don't... and Glenn said, you know, I'm like a, an actor too. And you know, yeah. I think that was. I mean, he's just like a different kind of guy, and he's only just now getting like household name um, recognition. Yeah. Super like artsy out there. He was on Marin kind of last guy, week. He was really interesting. Really, that's how I knew he was in Groundhog Day because it came up then. How did he sound on Marin? He was fabulous. Yeah, he was like because he was very, he's very thoughtful. Right, and Mark wants to talk to you as an artist. Right, and so he was very open to that. Cool. Um, it was really nice. I remember him being on Nerdist a while back too, um, and him being. I don't know if it was a defense mechanism. He wasn't so thoughtful, but he was fucking hilarious. Really? Yes. And he's very dry. Yeah. But there, like, there are a couple of, of jokes that he gives. He, like, lets out, and then there's a pause, <laughs> and then people laugh. And then by the end of it, he has everyone in stitches. Awesome. But he's a funny guy. 
Okay, I want to listen to that one too. Speaking of podcasts, mm-hmm. I'm, my goodness, we're way over the I know, we haven't even talked about a show yet. We're almost at 30 minutes, but that's fine. Sweet. Um, speaking of podcasts, Kevin Smith was on Joe Rogan yesterday. Okay. It's four hours and 14 minutes Holy long. Holy shit, that's like a record. I know, I'm really excited to listen to it. You I, haven't I, listened to it I yet, love okay. listening to Kevin Smith talk about popular culture. Sure. He's, He's so passionate about movies. Yeah, and, and with Joe Rogan, that's going to be such a such an interesting... It's such an interesting host to have another interesting guest talk to. Like, totally. He's just going to take it to places where it wouldn't have went. I don't know what I'm saying, but no, but I it's, hear you. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're not going to, it's not going to be unlike any other, right. I think conversation with Kevin Smith. Well, it's a different, it's a different art form between the two of them. Like most, mm-hmm. most of Joe Rogan's guests are comics. Right. And so that's, that's a thing he can kind of relate to, but Joe Rogan's never, written a screenplay or directed a film. And that's really all Kevin Smith wants to do. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to hear how they kind of clash in discussing their art forms. Joe Rogan had that uh, Jordan Peterson uh, prof from, I think, uh, U of T or McGill or something Okay, um, on his podcast. And he's the one who is very outspoken and saying, I'm not going to address... Uh, I'm not going to address a student by like like outside of gender like say they rather than he or she like okay basically which can come off as very you know anti-progressive like, yeah, yeah and like the headlines about him are usually like prof says i'm not a bigot but Ugh. he's it's it's not as crazy as you think like he seems kind of well well reasoned in what he's saying it's interesting and, to and listen kind of have to give it give it a listen to listen to those people on joe rogan specifically because he is not He's also he's like Bill Burr in that like he's he's not really interested in adopting all of the new world philosophies just because that's where the world is yeah, now. Totally. He's like Joe Rogan and Bill Burr are both guys that are willing to go. Hang on, I actually think that's silly. Well, yeah, and, and that's ballsy to do in this day and age because it can cost you your career pretty fast. Exactly, and like <clears throat> like Joe Rogan drops for this podcast i'll call it for this podcast in case there's any future employers uh listening i'll call them our bombs okay all the time and he's like you can say that word it it means like like to retard something means to slow it doesn't mean like it's not a clinical diagnosis it just yes. means you're being a dumbass <laughs> right he's but like don't take that word away from me say it on the show i've heard him say that argument before but yeah. it's obviously a flawed argument yeah i know did you listen to the to the uh, podcast with him and the creator of Dilbert. What's his name? Adam. No, but that's another guy that I'd be interested. Because again, he has, because mm-hmm. he had some stuff to say about how Trump wasn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, he's been saying it for like a year. Well, he's, and he's not saying like, I voted for him, which a lot of people think he's a Trump supporter. But yeah, he kind of just careful, thinks right? Trump is the most persuasive person in the world. And he's like. He is. He Yeah. And he's kind of involved in hypnosis and stuff too he's like you can get through any any white house briefing with like a three hour or any like white house speech with a three-hour briefing okay he's basically just saying all of our presidents do that well that's true i mean you want to go back to w i mean that guy was not the the, the brightest bulb right on the christmas tree but mm-hmm. um bring it back to the holiday diane of course yeah it is the season um, but the general consensus is this is different. Plus, who knows if Trump is willing to take a pep talk? Right. Right. He doesn't really seem like, like 
W kind of seems like the kind of guy who'd sit behind the desk and go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Right, but sure. But does Trump want to do Tell me that? what I need to do. Yeah, Trump yeah. will just be like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, and doing that so far has worked for him, so why would he yeah. change his game? I don't know. It really, I think, maybe might have changed the political landscape forever. <laughs> anyway. So those are all good podcasts. I started listening to this one, Hardcore History, which is basically a huge history lesson anytime you want to listen to it. And it's also four hours long. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's that's a cool one. Uh, Dan, Dan, Dan Carlin? Yeah, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. He was on Rogan before too. Dan Carlin. That name sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. I haven't been listening to a ton of podcasts, so I'm not really sure why that is. I just feel like there hasn't been like a, a tremendous amount of really excellent ones lately. No. And Stern has been kind of hit and miss he's not really been on a lot did you listen to the one with uh negan on it yeah with yeah, jeffrey you, dean morgan right you told me about that yeah he was on last week he was good it was kind of a run of the mill howard stern interview sure. like howard stern's a big walking dead fan okay so he's very complimentary nice. um and other than that they just kind of talked about like how he got started how he ended up here right and how he feels about having become really famous i think that character is doing exactly what they want him to do like on the walking dead like he said some really menacing douchey line on the walking dead and jen goes man i know he's supposed to be like evil and stuff but he's so good looking (laughs) (laughs) and i was like i bet 90 percent of women think that i i looked up a picture of what negan looks like in the graphic novel and he doesn't look like jeffrey dean morgan at all no which is weird because he told a story on stern about how when he went to comic-con years ago I, th- I find this story ridiculous because he's never played a menace in his career. Right. Um, but he went to Comic-Con for whatever reason, and somebody came up to him and was like, hey, they just introduced this new villain on Walking Dead. You should play him in this show. And it's just like, I don't, I find that odd because he doesn't strike you as a menace until you've you seen him be one. Go up to anyone. And he doesn't look like ne- Negan. How many, how many celebrities do you think they said that to that day? <laughs> like maybe they... <laughs> Like just every man. Maybe they saw George Clooney and were like, hey, you should play this Negan character too. Yeah, or he was just wearing a red scarf. Right. So like, yeah. oh, he was walking around with a bat with barbed yeah, wire on. Exactly. Um, he, he is he is handsome. My mother has always been attracted to Jeffrey oh, yeah? Dean Morgan, yes. My mom has a thing for Eddie Vedder. Isn't that funny? There's a, a weird Al Yankovic song called, I think it's My Girl's in Love with Eddie Vedder. Or my, oh, really? My Baby's in Love with Eddie Vedder. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Is it kind of like... A pastiche of aware, aware can my baby be? <laughs> no, but that would be really funny. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think it's one of those like polka originals that Weird oh, Al does. Gotcha. Okay, yes. cool. Um, okay, so maybe we should start talking about these shows since we're like 35 minutes into the podcast so far. Yep. Okay. All right, so show the first. <laughs> that, like <laughs> uh, an interesting segue into that. Okay, we should start with the classic, right? Yeah, let's. Okay, sure. Um, Mork and Mindy. Mm hmm. We'll get, we'll get in a few minutes. We'll I've get got to why a bunch of questions. It. Okay, let's, let's do it. I'm on fire with this one. Let's do it. How'd you, how'd you like the pilot? Okay, first question. It's a spinoff <laughs> of Happy Days. Yes. Happy Days takes place in the 50s? Yes. For some reason, in the first episode, the parents of, uh, well, the, the father and mother-in-law of Mindy allude to Alice Cooper. Yep. But then they... Then Mork shows up and talks to Fonzie, yep. who's still in the 50s? I know. I'm with you. Okay, so, <laughs> what, What's happening? So of all of the Happy Days spinoffs, and there were several, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Mork, excuse me, I'm really dry. Mork and Mindy is the only one to be set in quote-unquote present day. 
that, oh. it, that is in the day in which it was filmed. Okay. So it was, it was shot between 78 and 82. Those are the time frames that the episodes actually took place. Oh, all right. So how it worked, and when Mork went back in time, or when he went back, not in time, but when he went to visit Fonzie in this pilot episode, yeah. um, leading up to that, he explains to Mindy... I've been here before. I came right. to see my friend Fonzie. It was 20, and then he gave a unit of time. Because it actually was on an episode of Happy Days. Yeah, that's where he got his start, right. if you yeah. will. Um, so he said he said to Mindy, it was 20, insert word here, ago. Okay. It, whatever years are to, to Mork. Right. Um, so that's where it kind of checks out. Gotcha. And then he goes and he warps over to the Cunningham's house. And no one's around. Because they're 20 years older, but it is kind of subtly implied in Happy Days that Fonzie doesn't age. <laughs> so oh. 20 years later that he looks the same as he did in Happy Days is just kind of enjoyable to super fans. Sure. And otherwise, okay. they didn't really care too much. Now, right. as for Laverne, Penny Marshall, she wasn't 20 years older. So right. I don't know where the... And she showed up in the pilot episode, too. Yeah. It is kind of weird. It's a little weird. Now, the thing about when Mork was in an episode of, of Happy Days and how the fact that an alien came to visit is not the jump the shark example right. that Happy Days spawned. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. But well, like, <laughs> maybe because that episode takes place in Richie's dream. Uh, so therein lies the further inception of the very series of Mork and Mindy is Mork entirely a figment of Richie's imagination right. is this whole show happening right. in the depths of Richie's imagination well I think they just saw him and realized how talented Robin Williams was and decided they wanted to make a show around him well I, I guess Gary Marshall Gary he got the Marshall. idea he got the idea to do a show about an alien because his eight-year-old son went to see Star Wars and his oh, and the son was like I want to I want to see a show with an alien and so Gary Marshall was trying to come up with a show what about a little an alien. prince that kid is. I know. Make me an alien show. <laughs> Gary's like, okay. All right, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, and so he held open auditions for just like a random scene he wrote. Um, Robin Williams came in. Mm -hmm. He said cut. And Robin Williams didn't um, break character. He said cut. Why don't you take a seat and we'll chat. Right. And Robin Williams did the stupid sat on his head thing. Oh. And it's because he was still in character. Right. And so... That was that was Gary Marshall's indication that this is a guy we should look into because he <laughs> this guy loves coke. Let's do it. <laughs> I have a story for that too. It's amazing oh, how much I know about Mork and Mindy. I'm so happy you like really studied <laughs> it because I just watched the first half of the uh, first Robin, episode. Robin Williams, as we know, was a very insecure person, mm -hmm. um, struggled with mental illness. Mm -hmm. He during the tapings of Mork and Mindy was very self conscious uh, around the studio audience. Oh. So, like, between takes while they were cut, like, did you ever go to a taping of 22 minutes? No. No, really? It's really fun. You should do yeah, it. I like, should. Sean Majumder is amazing at talking to the audience. Really? He's amazing at it. And you're never not entertained. Um, he makes you a part of it. And Robin Williams struggled with that. Like, they would just be sitting there waiting for something funny to happen. Uh, but he was at work. Right. And they weren't even rolling. Right. And so he started doing coke because it it made him feel happier. Right. And it, it also gave him more energy to energy be on. To like, yeah. Uh, and that of course led to a lifelong drug problem. Mm -hmm. Wow. So he, would he start messing around with the crowd when he was on Coke? Would he yeah, like, of course. Oh. He was just constantly wired. Right. Like if you, if you look at old uh, Carson appearances. Oh yeah. 
He would just Coke like City. he would just run yes. around uh, the audience. Yes. <laughs> I mean, unbelievably talented. Yeah. Um, and talking about podcasts again, Dana Carvey was on Marin on Monday, and he talked about how initially he just wanted to be Robin Williams, right? Because there was just something completely new about this guy. Totally. It's really one of the one of the great tragedies in modern pop culture. Yeah, you think about it, and there hasn't really been someone like him in terms of, you know, frenetic uh, acting. <laughs> Well, and that he he was so good at um, drum drama, like yeah. Well, yeah, he was like uh, trained in Shakespeare and yeah. stuff, like, and then just decided to do comedy. Well, Shakespeare was like a big part of of his shtick, even as right. a comedian. And you knew the whole scene about his wife farting in her sleep in uh, Goodwill Hunting was totally improvised. No, that that's whole amazing. like monologue that he wow isn't that insane? But it's so sad yeah i mean it's funny too right but it's it's so it's so interesting that he could improvise drama yeah he he would improvise so much on mork and mindy that it got so that the they had to fire staff writers they they started with a a team of like 20 25 staff writers (laughs) got down to like four yeah in later episodes they only had like six people on the writing staff because they wouldn't have to write as long of a script they would just leave big blocks out of it where it just says Robin improvises. Right. <laughs> That's true. Right. Another great example of his improv is the movie Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Aladdin was disqualified from the best screenplay category at the Oscars because the movie turned out so different from the screenplay oh, because of Robin's improv. What? That it wasn't technically a, an it wasn't an article that spoke to the film. I anymore. think there's a very specific talent with that because you're not even in a room going back and forth lines wise with other people, are you? Like you're just reading not your usually. lines. Yeah. So he's just reading his lines and then coming up with extra things to say. And that was before they even animated it. They had drawings. Right. This is what your character looks like. This is what um, Aladdin looks like. This is what Jasmine looks like. But just just do it. Just just give us this sort of. But and then he'd come out an hour later. God. That's and they would so just have insane. hours and hours and hours of stuff. I was thinking. Do you think the first. Um, live action Disney movie, like the first, like Beauty and the Beast is going to be a spinoff of, or is going to spawn like a live action Aladdin and a lot, like, cause they could do it with every well, single movie. Oh, 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 hang on well, a they did it with Jungle they, Book, I guess. They did it with Jungle Book. They yeah. did it with Cinderella two years ago. Did they? So it's been happening for a little while. Oh. Um, Cinderella, it seems like it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal, but it was really fucking good. Really? Yeah. I don't know. And it's really, a Disney movie. Yeah. It's a, it was, oh yeah, it was Disney. And it was like, it leaned heavily on the Disney Cinderella too. And that's what these are. Um, In many cases, they're just frame for frame. It just seems like the Emma Watson thing is so much of a bigger deal. Not necessarily than Jungle Book. It's going to be a very big film. Yeah. It's going to be a very big deal. And some people are kind of disappointed that Jon Favreau is going to be doing The Lion King too. Um, Not The Lion King 2, The Lion King also. as well. Because it's just kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, But yes, I think they're going to do a lot of live action. I didn't know he was doing Lion King, by the way. Disney that's, classics. Yeah. That's a and, big that, deal. and that'd be interesting. But, but in keeping with Aladdin, a concern that's been brought forward is hang on. So much of a charm of the charm of Aladdin was Robin Williams. Right. Like, are we going to be missing something? And someone else pointed out very astutely. Well, not if they still have the recordings, like let's put legalities aside and consider that somewhere in a vault, there are, hundreds of hours of robin williams improvising Whoa. roughly the same story yeah that would be awesome so it's just all new dialogue Could you imagine that would be amazing yeah and they just it's animated any well his i mean the genie i'm sure would be cgi yeah but you can't have anyone but robin williams play that genie it just would be weird yeah 
I don't know, it must be so offensive. That might be that might be a bit of a pipe dream to mm-hmm. think that they could have a new genie from a guy who's been dead for three years, right. but it, it it does it seems more probable with him than with most. Right. Yeah. Wow. He he was super talented. I wanted to get into the show a little bit more. Like I could see myself really liking it at the time. And there's a few things that, that were said throughout the show that kind of made me laugh. Like the whole kind of like uh, how do you say thank you in your language? Spit. <laughs> and then, and then he, at one point he agrees to a deal with her and just kind of like squeezes his boob and goes, huh? Yeah. And she's like, I think, can I just spit? You know the line that dropped my jaw was when Mindy's dad said, my daughter's a loose woman and I don't know how to tighten her. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think loose woman meant the same thing that we thought. Well, I think it always meant loose vagina, didn't it? No, I think, no, I think no. Loose I think, refers to vagina. No, I think it no i do there was, was not that specific i don't think i do i think it w- was more alluding to loose morals yeah i think that that's because a... loose woman has been around for a while i know I but do... so have vaginas yeah but talk about <laughs> vaginas has not been around for a while especially on network television where this is the same like creation that what was it in the first episode of happy days uh, Fonzie wasn't allowed to wear a leather coat because that true. was too risque. It was too risky. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to be talking about women's vaginas that, that soon after. I don't know. I think they were talking about Mindy's vagina. <laughs> I think God. so. Mindy's vagina is so loose. Yeah. So I learned a lot about, about Mork and Mindy. I, did, I didn't like it, <laughs> didn't <laughs> to like be it. honest. No. no, I was like, this is terrible. This... And I've watched a lot of Happy Days. Right. Like we had TV, TV Land for a time when yeah. I was a kid. Okay. And I could get into it, but... But no, uh, it was, was it was it was just pretty. Yeah, actually, pretty I was silly. I was kind of excited to do a podcast about uh, Brady Bunch, which we briefly discussed doing last week. Right, and we had to cancel, so we'll do that sometime down the road. But we were going to do it because Florence Henderson passed away, mm-hmm. and that's another show that I I'm sure it would be terrible to watch now. But when yeah. I was like pretty young, yeah, I, I watched, watched a, a bunch lot of episodes. Of I it watched, too, I think. yeah, and it was it was pretty corny. Yeah, definitely. Even back then, you were like, do you remember a very Brady movie? Yeah, and that was like intentionally corny. I, th- like I think kind it was of a kind comedy. Of, it was kind of a, a a mimicry of of the Brady Bunch. Like I think well, it kind of made fun of the Brady Bunch. Yeah, but it was all the same characters too, wasn't it? The same characters, but different actors, right? Because okay. all the kids had grown up, right? Um, and Christine Taylor, who's Ben Stiller's wife, played played Marsha Brady. Oh yeah, Fun right. fact. Well, I yeah. Maybe we'll watch that too if we. <laughs> it's almost like more of a chore than I. I'm not going to watch the movie. Okay. I'll watch the pilot. Sure. Do you want to talk about the other one? Yes, the other one I fucking love. Me too. <laughs> I want to watch it all the time. <laughs> no. Especially like before going, like before the Christmas party on Saturday, our work Christmas party. Yeah. I kind of just want to like, like, have people over and just like have that on in the background because there's something very cabaret about it. Mm-hmm. There's something just very casual and conversational and campy on purpose yeah martha and snoop's potluck dinner party yep purely based on the premise that it's hilarious that martha and snoop are friends yeah it's like watching uh a mom with a bunch of like adolescent kids over at her place trying to cook something with them and the fact that Seth Rogen was there too, just kind of guiding all of these jokes, and Wiz Khalifa was hilarious. Do you think and Ice Cube was hilarious? Think- and Snoop Dogg, pat on the back, is yes. the fucking like funniest person in the world. He was so much more enthusiastic than I thought he would be. Yeah, and and all of them very high, like clearly all like laughing at each other. And- Definitely. Do you think Martha's a stoner? I think she's got to be pretty cool with it. Well, she's like, definitely cool with it. Yeah. I mean, like. 
that point where Wiz takes the little bag out of from underneath the cupboard <laughs> and it says special ingredient in huge letters yeah. and he just sprinkles it in and there's like a little twinkle sound effect. Yeah, and they're making chicken. Like they're making fried chicken all throughout the episode. Fried and chicken her, looked delicious. Her describing like how to brine and stuff and like, <laughs> yeah, you need to keep keep it in the fridge for three days and Snoop Dogg's just like, Three days, man. We're making this in 20 minutes. <laughs> wow, we don't have time. And she's like, I always have chicken in a brine in the fridge. And Seth Rogen says, you always have chicken <laughs> in freezing water for three days at a time? Seth was having so much fun. It was really enjoyable to just watch him laugh so hard at everything that was going on. And then Ice Cube shows up. Like, I wondered... And I'm not really sure what this says of me that I considered this, but like, what would original 80s slash 90s California hip hop think of this premise? Like, would they think that this is super funny or would they think this is like the ultimate sellout? You know, I, I don't know. Because Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg there really validates it because yeah. there's really no one other than Dre you like that represents that, right. that history better. But it, it's pretty... It really goes against their original personas. Sure. But it's a different time, too. I don't know. It it just seemed so funny to me. Like That and they didn't stop being themselves, I guess. They didn't stop being themselves, for sure. What was it? A joke that uh, Snoop Dogg made, like, a super inappropriate joke about Martha Stewart at one point when they were sitting around eating yeah, chicken. And yeah. I forget what it was, but I laughed my ass off. I liked when they... And, and they were all joking about Martha Stewart being struck by lightning oh three times. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, most people run away from lightning, but Martha Stewart was just standing there with her hands on her hips. He did make an, appropriate, an inappropriate joke about her, and she was totally cool about it. Yeah. I liked when they called themselves the King of Kush and the Queen of Cuisine. I thought that was funny. Yeah. The chicken looked good. Yeah, the whole second half of the show, it didn't even have anything to do with food. They were just interviewing each other. Yes, which was great. It was so great. They've played that game on Fallon before, too. The yeah. Two, two lies and a lie. or Two, two, <laughs> two, two thighs and a... Two thighs and a truth. And a truth. <laughs> so, and just watching three other high people sitting around the table, like, with their heads down laughing at... Uh, fuck, it was funny. It was, a, it was an objectively funny show. But I wonder, what's the audience for this show? Because, like, aren't there a bunch of homemakers who are like... Oh, I don't want to watch this. This smut. honestly, I th no. I think it's like I think the people that are going to end up watching it are going to be like college kids and stuff. Maybe. I mean, I'm not a stoner, but if I was, it would probably be great. Oh my god, it would be so funny. Yeah. The whole every I liked everything about it. I wanted yeah, to too. put another episode on after, but I had to watch Mark and Mindy. I know I was in the same <laughs> spot. I was like, oh, <laughs> we should have just watched two episodes of Martha and Snoop's <laughs> and potluck. compare them. Yeah. And I think they get pretty good guests on the show throughout. Yeah, I want to watch the second. They've got four episodes out so far. And they're only going to do seven, I think. Yeah. That's the first first season anyway. Right. Um, but it's funny because they, they've they been together before on television. Like, he's been a guest on her other daytime show. Yeah. And that spawned a, a series of memes. Again, right. just because it's funny. Like, it's the two of them acknowledging that they clearly enjoy working together. I was super happy about Martha Stewart saying... Going to jail doesn't make you stronger. Getting struck by lightning <laughs> makes you stronger. And Wiz Khalifa's like, man, I'm just going to go get struck by lightning. Yeah. Like, this is, I'm going to play golf in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know God. much about the the whole situation 
involving her going to jail. Yeah. So like, I, I looked it up. Was it insider trading or tax evasion? It was insider trading. Right. She pulled out of a stock or something. Right. Um, like right before it was going to plummet mm-hmm. a lot. I have the numbers written here. Right before it plummeted uh, 16%, she sold 4,000 shares and she saved about $46,000. Okay. So like... It doesn't seem like an insane amount. It doesn't seem like an insane amount for somebody who has over $600 million. Oh my God. <laughs> like, and I guess it was it was the principle of the matter. She, sure. She was cheating, but... But was she, like, I don't know. And she had to step down as CEO of her company. At what point is it cheating? And at what point if someone says, hey, that stock's going to drop a bunch, yeah. do you not sell? It seems like a blurred line, doesn't even, it? Even if it's just me saying, hey, sell your stock, sweets. That stock's going to go down so much tomorrow. Yeah, but that's not insider trading because you're not an insider. No, but say I was. What do you do? You just have to ignore that information? Right. You know, like, yeah. uh, like wait. Well, I don't know if the guy who gave her the information also was impugned. Right. He, he probably was. Um, but I, I kind of equate it to counting cards in a casino. Mm-hmm. Like, if you know how to count cards, you're just a really good card player. Right. Like, it's it's technically cheating. It's against the rules. Yeah. But all it really is is being awesome at cards. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're, not, you're not doing any trick moves. You're not putting anything fishy into the deck you're just using your brain right but getting a stock tip isn't necessarily the same as being awesome at picking stocks no but but what i'm saying is it's a blurred line right. Wh- at what point is this wrong right at wh- sure. where is the line of cheating and at what point have i crossed right. it yeah i yeah I, I mean i find it hard to believe that anyone that was told a stock was going to drop 20 percent, even if they were an insider you have that information now. Yeah. If someone like runs by in a, a whatever publicly traded stock in an Amazon shirt and says, Amazon stock's going down 30% tomorrow. <laughs> well, I would probably be like, ah, I'm, maybe I'm just going to sell. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't want to not have sold. Right. But the other thing is, do you trust that crazy guy who's just running around? <laughs> I trust anyone who's running down the street in the brand of t-shirt to which stock I... I have. I would wait to see if he was in. right. I don't know what I'm saying. I would wait to see if he's right, and then I track him down and I chat with him. <laughs> okay. Not for more information. I just want to be like. I just what want happened? to have a chat with you. <laughs> what, what led to this? Yeah. To you, are you specifically. Are you a time traveler? <laughs> uh, that yeah. Was a good show. I, I'm gonna watch it again for sure. Isn't that weird? I'm. I'm. But I'm kind of mad because I think it was one of those shows where all of the good guests are waited in the first episode. Maybe. I like, mean, Ice know, Cube and Seth Rogen are pretty like, sweet. They really wanted to get the the pilot locked up so they could do a series. Yeah. But you know what? The two of them together even, like that's that's pretty charismatic. Yeah. I can enjoy the pair of them. And it's only seven episodes. Yeah. And like, it was funny because Ice Cube just comes out from backstage. Yeah. And then Seth Rogen at one point explains to him, yeah, Snoop just crushed up potato chips and put them on the chicken. And Ice Cube's like super incredulous about it. Like, what? You do what, Snoop? Uh, I know. And Snoop's like, hell yeah, man. The other, the other thing, to my point before about whether or not this, this goes against their old personas, mm-hmm. is like Ice Cube's been in, a, like, in family comedies. At He's the end of written the, family comedies. At the end of the day... Yeah. He wants to make money. He's totally. these guys have always been businessmen and it's always been the number one facet of their personas to overcome 
the hood right and to be successful i think the fact that they made the show up together like they they kind of created the show says something it's not like snoop's going on martha stewart's show as like a regular it's not like martha stewart with uh uh perennial guest snoop dog like <laughs> right. he's just always coming on and be like oh okay let's make this martha <laughs> like but really good it is her expertise it's not like the show is half cooking and half freestyling. Sure. And well, th- that was kind of the other cool thing for me was I learned a little about cooking fried chicken from it. I know. And I said to Becky, we're going to watch the Martha and Snoop show. And she's like, oh, you should pair with MasterChef or you sh- Top Chef. Yeah. I was like, no, the premise is not to do shows about cooking. It's the sh- it's shows about people who don't belong together. Right. Um, which, I mean, even Mork and Mindy is kind of a stretch, but he's <laughs> an alien. We just had to do it. It was on the list. Right. Um, but... You know, I'm glad we watched it. Normally, we would not watch a show of this ilk for our podcast, and I was so entertained by it. It's also, I think, to a certain extent, it's really redeeming for both sides if, like, one, like, you know, if a college kid's watching Martha Stewart being like, oh, man, she seems, like, pretty chill, actually. And You're so right. If someone who's a huge fan of Martha Stewart's watching Snoop Dogg and saying, this Snoop Dogg's pretty entertaining. Yeah, they seem like sweet guys. Like, I... I get it. They're not thugs. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. My favorite moment was when Snoop implied that eating fried chicken is what motivation Obama needed to assassinate Osama <laughs> Bin Laden. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> definitely some writers working on that show, like some comedy writers that I are think helping so. out a little bit. I think so. Because uh, the, there's no way, I can't believe that Snoop Dogg would have made the lineup. Although, I guess he's written some pretty clever raps. Totally. But... I just I found it hard to believe that Snoop Dogg opened up with the first line of like I didn't have a pacifier in my mouth. I had a chicken leg right. like, when I was a baby. <laughs> just the like way he delivered it. Like Yeah, it was good timing all over. Yeah. I would recommend that show before Mork and Mindy. Totally. It really spoke to the day. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone should uh should watch Martha and Snoop. So our show has kind of developed such that one of our shows is a classic, one of our shows is a a buzzworthy show each week. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we picked the shows we did this week. I, I know it doesn't seem like the kind of thing you would watch normally, but I think This Is Us is one we have to tackle. Right. This new uh, Milo Everyone's Ventimiglia show. Everyone's mom's favorite show. Everyone's mom's favorite show. It's like like you said, it's like parenthood, I think. Yeah. Um, it was you who said that, right? Yeah. I just think that it's it's a feelings show. Right. And it's it's kind of relevant. Sure. Yeah, I'm down. I feel like I've seen the show just from the trailers already. Let's do that in Brady Bunch because Florence died and they're both about families. And they're so that's going to be the next one? This Is Us and, and Brady Bunch? Do you want to? No, but I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> you committed to this podcast. Yeah, all right. Let's do it. I mean, unless you got something better. No, no. You know, sometimes you got to step outside of your comfort zone or the zone of which you enjoy. And also in January, <laughs> new stuff is going to start happening again. Right totally. now, we're kind of in a television lull. Yeah, and we need to do after that, I think, because uh, is next week going to be the last one we do before christmas no we'll still have another week probably have two that. more two okay. more because we well, could even do two christmas shows like next week will be the it will release on the 14th yep and then and then the next week if you're like, free on wednesday the 21st we can do a show then. oh yeah we can do we can do the 21st for i'm sure. sure i can do a show then nice i wonder if my buddy would be willing to do the show with us is he a big christmas fan uh he's in town from oh Toronto, sure and he's an Man, actor I, yeah let's get a third oh yeah yeah let's do it okay cool i'll ask nice. him he's one of our listeners now Oh, great. Yeah, he Very he cool. texted me the other day that he was listening to our um 
it was the episode where we talked about Fresh Prince and the Crown. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's the last record of my blissful ignorance before there was a Trump election. Right. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> like, because you and I, through that episode, were like, ah, it's 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 closer than it's going to be in two no, hours. No way that's going to happen. Anyway, back to Will Smith. Yeah. Do we trust him? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, <laughs> definitively, no. Um, the third mic, do you have one? Or no. Okay, we'll figure it we out. We might have to use our other resources. Okay, sure. <laughs> Salvation Army. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I saw Moana last night. Did you? What'd you think? It was so great. Really? Oh, man. Nice. It was so great. That's cool. It was, I mean, visually, like you see Frozen and you're like, well, that's it. They've reached the pinnacle of animation. Right. And this is now the pinnacle of animation. No way. The water is unbelievable. Yeah. It's like constantly, having constantly moving water in an animated movie must be kind of difficult. Incredible. Yeah. Did you see Arrival yet? No. No? No, and it, now I'm kind of in a weird place because, like, it's getting buried. Like, I saw yeah. Fantastic Beasts and I saw Moana and I'm going to want to see La La Land probably this weekend or next weekend I got to see Rogue One. Right. Um, you know what? I'm seeing people still post on Facebook, though, like, Arrival was one of the most unreal movies. Or I, maybe you can read the book. Apparently, it's called The History of You. And it's, like, a, a narrative you? novel? Or your story? Uh. Yeah, I think so. I think it's told from Amy Adams' character's perspective. Cool. Yeah. Okay. There is a, a new movie. The trailer came out yesterday. Shit, if I can remember the title. But it stars Emma Watson and Tom Hanks. Whoa. And it kind of seems, it's kind of given everybody Black Mirror vibes. Oh, wow. Um, it's basically, she's a rather studious person. She's a bit of a Hermione. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes to this... Uh, for all intents and purposes, let's say it's a TED talk. Oh, this, it's this... called Silicon Valley, I think, or no, the Valley, or uh, closer. No, I can't remember what it's called. Um, she goes to this this rally, this talk mm-hmm. from uh, Tom Hanks's character, and he has this whole philosophy on on life. And I think she kind of drinks the Kool Aid, and it sort of unravels her perspective on the way the world is run. Okay. And it's like kind of a, a psychological sci-fi thriller. Interesting. Yeah. I want to watch that trailer. Watch the trailer. I mean, two great actors. Yep. Um, there's a whole lot going on right now. But I think I think Arrival could be one of those dark horses in the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see it uh, nommed, nommed for BP. The noms for that aren't out yet, but they did name Kimmel as the host. Oh, did they? That was named yesterday or the day before. Is this his? He's never done it, but he hosted the Emmys about six months ago. Right. Um, or however long ago. So it, they're on ABC this year. Right. It's He's kind of the go-to sure. guy. He'll be good. Yeah. Um, I like Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel doing the Oscars. Jimmy Fallon's doing the Golden Globes. James Corden's doing the Grammys. Uh, the Grammy nominations came out yesterday. A lot of people are pissed that uh, Bowie and Leonard Cohen didn't get any nominations. Really? I Prince. find I never care about Grammy nominations. Yeah, me neither. Like, I, I was thinking about this this morning. Like, the Grammys are supposed to be the Oscars of music. Right. But... They're not really treated that way. No. If if Beyonce's not 40 and she has 66 nominations, it's yeah. not as cool as an Oscar. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. There, There's so many different ways of getting a Grammy. It's probably the easiest in the EGOT family. It also just seems a little bit, and this might be a little naive because they're all commercial, but it seems more commercial. Like you were, your album was huge. Right. So, I mean, that's not totally fair because Beyonce is obviously talented and Kendrick is obviously talented, but mm-hmm. like it seems like a big pop song, like Cake by the Ocean well, that's could the win thing. a Grammy. That will and that's win a, not a masterpiece. No, it's, it's way more commercially based, whereas Transformers 2 could not win an Oscar for Best right. Picture. And it was created for the sake of commercialism. Right. 
You're so right. Although, <laughs> Transformers 2. Transformers, the, the Last Night is what it's called. K-I- There's another one coming K-N-I-G-H-T. out. K-N-I-G-H-T, yeah. Well, Jesus. Michael Bay's got to do something. Who's in it? Uh, I don't know if it's another Wahlberg one. Wow. Might be. Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Donnie. Tiny Wahlberg stars in the new Transformers movie. That's right. Mark Wahlberg actually transforms into Donnie Wahlberg at the beginning of the movie. Now that's a cool twist. Yeah. I like it very much. Uh, Uh, Okay. All right. That is the show. Well, we're about a minute away from an hour, so if we could like vamp for another just minute. Just stretch it out. Okay, yeah. just vamp. Just just vamp. Just ad lib. Just just parentheses ad lib for uh, one to two minutes. Uh, I was saying in a meeting yesterday, Slaney heard me say this yesterday, <laughs> but we were in a we were in a meeting, we were talking about how when you have to MC events as a local personality for local organizations, not exclusively, but in many cases the organizers of these events are a little high strung and stressed out on the day that you show up mm-hmm. because they, their whole career is riding on the su- success of that day. Right. And they create you a script, usually, and it'll say things like, from one o'clock to one fifteen, Colin Sweets vamps. And I'm just like, <laughs> like what do you Do you know how long fifteen minutes is 15 to just minutes. talk by yourself? I don't I don't think I talk fifteen minutes in my six hour radio show. No, and that's the thing people <laughs> don't understand is if you said Hey, how long does Colin talk between four to six? People would say like, uh, probably like 25 minutes. Yeah. No, it's about two and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Move the decimal point. And, right. And so, and, and like, that's not to discredit it. I mean, I have to put a lot of work into everything that I say, but to that point, hang on a second. Well, well that, yeah, no, I think, I think that speaks to the point is that you know, it takes a lot of work to come up with two and a half minutes. Right. Let alone 15 minutes of vamping. If you just set me loose. Yeah. Like I had a, a I had to host this fashion show at the mall about right. a year ago. Do you I remember, remember that? that? Yeah. My friend is the organizer. Right. Uh, she's the roommate of one of my oldest friends. She's great. And, yeah. and she's, she's really cool. But she was nervous that day. Sure. She wasn't projecting it on me, which Good. is really nice because yeah. that sometimes happens. But she was definitely like... I got bigger fish to fry. Just do your thing. You're doing right. great. And yeah. that was kind of great because nice. it took all the pressure off. Sure. But there was one point where she was on stage with me and I was supposed to do a draw and she forgot the ballot box. So she had to like run up to the office and I was just on stage with a microphone. Yeah. And I basically did this bit. I basically was like, you know, sometimes organizers ask me to just. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I did. I had That's to. That's your go-to. <laughs> and I, I used the joke. So if it's okay with you, I'm just going to do 15 minutes for my HBO special. Right. And it landed. Nice. So that's if you can be, um, uh, if you can extemporize, if you can be extemporaneous, that's great. But usually when I'm nervous, it's not going to come off yeah. cool. I kind of liked Dan's, uh, I liked it in like a really corny way, Dan's joke about vamping, where he's like, uh, okay, I need to fill 15 minutes here. So with the person <laughs> with license plate number FNC89765432711, and it went on for like a couple minutes, and he said, if you could just move your license plate, it's blocking the entrance to the parking That's lot. That's a great joke. I thought it was funny. I don't he even think it, I really got it. I and think, he said it didn't land. No, of course. Oh, that was great. It's kind of one of those things where you could kind of apply the uh, the, the Seth MacFarlane uh, formula of comedy to that. And like you could go on for a really long time until it stops being funny. Right. And then if you commit and yeah. keep going, it gets funny again. It's like the Tignataro moving the chair thing. Have you seen that? Yeah. Was that in her show? It was in her show, and it was also on Conan, too, I think. 
She's like, now nah, everyone's just laughing because I'm moving the chair. She did it on, I think it was on Conan, yeah. where she took a call from a friend. Oh, okay. Or like she texted a friend mid, mid-bit mid or mid-segment, and it was really funny. She's nice. impossible. I, ha- I haven't seen that show, and that's supposed to be really funny. I've watched a couple Long of Mississippi. them. Mississippi. It's, I don't know if it's, it's not like laugh out loud funny. No? It's only funny because she is innately funny. Right. The premise of the show is not funny. It's kind of sad. The guy, well, I mean, yeah. The the guy who plays her stepfather's really good in it. Right. Um, everything else, like I only watched two or three and then I kind of gave up. Okay. But I would recommend it. I wouldn't discourage it. Did you watch Angie Tribeca yet? No, I forgot about that. I should do it. I will do that because I've been rewatching Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. And so she's still lovely in that. Yeah. Even the opening scene alone, I think you'd find really funny. I have an image it of, of it in my head, which is funny. Yeah. All right, we good? Yeah, we're good. We're over the hour mark. Okay, so we will reserve our Merry Christmases, even though Merry Christmas was or Christmas was said a lot. There's a war on Christmas. Is, is there a war on Christmas? Mm-hmm. If there's a and war I'm on, on the front lines. If there's a war on Christmas, I'm going to experience some of it while I play 24 hours of Christmas music That's every true. day for the next 17 days. That's true. But I haven't... I haven't experienced any of that yet. Is our station technically stating a religious claim? No. By playing 24 hours of Christmas music? Well, kind of. I mean, no, it's not, but it's not. Although I played the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler today. Oh, that's good. Um, but definitely the bulk of Christmas songs and the premise of Christmas in general leans pretty pretty overtly in one religious direction. Positive feedback so far on that, by the way? Um, not a lot of feedback, which we take as positive feedback. Okay, Because sure. complainers are louder. As long as there's no angry... Yeah, no. I, I definitely saw one message that said, "I love all the Christmas music." I saw that. Awesome. I saw another one this afternoon. A girl just wrote in. She wanted to know what that version of that song was. Oh, so, like, okay. she's listening right. uh, um, intimately, and sure, and that's a positive thing. I mean, yeah, there are going to be people who complain, but I haven't really heard a lot of that yet. Right. Awesome. So it's good. Yeah, yeah. Be positive, except for in your feelings towards Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Don't trust that guy. Be very negative there. Be negative about Will Smith. <laughs> Signing off.